Hello and welcome to this special bonus episode of The Dairy Edge. Chagas are running a weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also being made available as a podcast. On this week's webinar, Stuart Childs gives tips and advice about the maintenance of the milking machine. Okay, good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to today's Let's Talk Dairy. Uh, today, I'm going to talk about, uh, again, a little bit of, um, I suppose, maintenance and so forth, again, similar to last week only. This is to do with milking machine maintenance. And I suppose we probably have to be conscious of the fact that over the last number of years, we have uh, increased our um, number of cows in a lot of cases. Uh, and we've also maybe increased the number of rows that we're milking. And as a result, we have to change our practices maybe around uh, liners and so forth like that. So I'm just going to go very briefly again. It's a short one today. Um, just go through very briefly the whole process of liner changes and the advantages, I suppose, are the, the disadvantages of not changing them and the advantages, obviously, of actually changing them as well. So I'm uh, just going to give you a short presentation on that and we'll have a, a quick chat and ask any questions as we go along. So I'll just share a screen here now, one second. So the impact of not changing liners, um, and I suppose we'll see what kind of an impact they're making an assumption here now and what I'm saying. So Eddie O'Callaghan would have said years ago, Eddie's gone from Chagas now, good boil, but work that Eddie would have done in the past um, would have say, said that there was a 5% loss of milk yield associated with um, not changing liners when they should be. Now, there was a practice in the past of kind of straining up the liner um, by pulling it to the second notch, that's no longer recommended. So uh, the recommendation is that you would change the liners. Now there's two schools of thought in it, I suppose. Um, one would suggest after two to two and a half thousand milkings that there should be a change made, or else six months, whichever comes first. So I think uh, I, I'm not going to judge that. I think um, it's hard to believe maybe that, the, I suppose there, there's two sides to it, I suppose. You, if you have a set of liners in place for the entire year and they are being exposed to chemical all the time from washing and so forth, then the reality is, I suppose, that they are being degraded over time. So maybe after the six months, uh, they do need to be changed, even though they may not have gone through the two to two and a half thousand milkings. However, um, I suppose it's hard. It's a tough one to, you, you want to have reason to change them, I suppose, after the six months if, um, if you don't have a justification for them now, I think definitely from the point of view of the amount of milk and the number of milkings that milk uh, cluster, um, liners are doing, I think it's probably important that people do change them from that point of view. Okay, um, maybe is a bit, I just after, after getting a question there in relation to the volume being a bit low, um, I, can't, I don't, uh, <coughs> I hope you can hear me a bit better now. Um, so, just as I said, a 5% reduction in milk yield, I suppose, if you take your 5,500 average kind of, a, of an annual yield, if you do 5% of that, it doesn't come to 137.5 litres of a loss. So you're wondering why is it 137.5? We're making an assumption here that uh, we've put in new liners at the start of the year. So for half the year, we're milking with good liners. And as a result, there isn't a, an issue with that. But then if we continue for the rest of the year without having um, changed our liners, then obviously 5% of a reduction in milk yield means over half the course of the year that we're getting 137.5 litres of a loss. And that at current prices, I just use 38 cent a litre as a very average current price at the moment, is worth 52 euros a cow or in a, our kind of average 100 cow herd, which I'm using in the example here this morning, is going to be worth 5,200 euros. 
The other big thing, I suppose, is that and everybody sees it, I suppose, naturally, we have an increase in cell count over the course of the lactation anyway, uh, to a certain extent, but this can be exacerbated or can be contributed to by uh, poor liners as well. So it's important that we consider the change of liners. And as I said, I'll show you now in a second um, how that could be after changing on your farm and you may not really be aware of it. And it's something that I think of there the odd time I, I, we talk a lot about um, getting lots of things right for new entrants and so forth, coming into milk and so forth. And we can could possibly often fall down on a, a number of these because technicians are busy all the time. Um, and I'd say with the best will in the world, they're not going to remember to, to ring you up to tell you that you have to change the liners. So it's up to people to, to remember to be following through on this. And I suppose, Typically, I suppose that six-month window or six-month kind of target is there. So maybe mid-season is obviously a time that people might think of it uh, and things are kind of slackening off maybe. So people go changing liners. Quite an easy job to do yourself anyway. Very simple, straightforward. Do. I suppose there will be lots of questions around the liners themselves and I suppose um, what type of liner to use. There are kind of... Um, oh, generic versions, I suppose, is the best term to use out there that can be used. I personally, I suppose, um, I think most manufacturers are going to want you to use the liner that they're selling themselves, um, obviously for obvious reasons, like anything, I suppose, any company selling um, pieces or in, in equipment wants you to be using their replacement items, obviously, but sometimes they are at a premium. So um, I just think people need to be probably cautious about uh, liners they are. You have to bear in mind that they're the, the Point of contact with the cow twice a day for uh, 280 days, we'll say on average for all cows across the course of the year. So the liner needs to be right and that you could be penny wise and pound foolish. So just be careful. And uh, some of the reading that I was doing last night in preparation for this morning uh, would suggest that you need to be careful that the liner that you buy is appropriate to the, to the machine or the way the machine is set up to work as well. So I suppose I was thinking about it this morning. How would I, how would I, maybe put that in context for people. Uh, and I just kind of, as I was walking past my car this morning on my way back into the house, uh, I was thinking um, it's like maybe putting a 15 inch rim and tire onto a car that's got three 16 inch rims and tires on it. So it may not, it, it might be cheaper. It might uh, look like it, it fits, but it, it's just when you come to drive it, it's going to be a very different experience. Um, so. It's the same with the liner, I suppose. If you get liners, look, I'm no expert in terms of liner, uh, the, the, the chemistry or the, the physics around liners, but uh, if they're not set up or if they're not tested in uh, to operate it the way your milking machine operates, they may perform differently and you want to avoid that kind of a scenario, okay? So just as I said, as I said 5% reduction in milk yield, um, most, I, I won't put a figure on it, but definitely at that kind of money per cow return and yield, um, you're not going to be out of pocket by changing your liners. That's long and short of it. And I suppose if we consider this as well, uh, and I think we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago in relation to the the whole idea of dealing with cell count cows or cows with cell count maybe in quarters and so forth this year, and the fact that milk value is going to be extremely high come the back end of the year. If we can keep on top of cell count throughout the season, it means that we'll be able to sell more milk to the co-op uh, before the year end, which is going to increase milk revenue say, of, of the revenue of milk sales and so forth. Okay, so the next uh, next diagram piece here. Oops, sorry, 
This is um, taken from the AHI milk, uh, milking routine guide. So this is just a formula that people can use. Um, and I'd look, it's quite easy just if you want to, uh, if you want to go on the, on any, um, any of the websites, if you could just Google changing of liner, making machine liners and stuff, you'll get a number of websites that will throw up um, a calculator or calculators for you that you can stick in your figures in terms of the numbers of milking units that you're using, the herb size, the number of milkings per day, and it'll give you an indication of the number of days. But this is the background, look, they're all working off of this. So the number of days that you have between liner changes is, the, is worked out by multiplying your 2000 by the number of milking units um, divided by the herd size by the number of milkings per day. So for example, uh, 100 cow herd, as I said, I'm using throughout all examples here today, in a 10 unit swing over parlor would take approximately 100 days to reach 2000 milkings, okay? So um, I think there's probably a small bit of scope here in that the 2000 milkings obviously uh, in spring calving herds isn't going to be completed by the 100 days because you won't have all the cows milking all the way through. So there probably is a little bit of wriggle room there and you could probably use two and a half thousand there if you want to. But again, it's just important that in that window, um, obviously there are some of those clusters will um, have maybe potentially more uh, cows milked. Would say cows that are being put into a parlor to be milked freshly might have more cows milk than the, the last units in the parlor, which aren't going to be used obviously at that point in time. So again, just going through the example here, our 2000 milkings by our 10 units divided by our herd size by the number of milkings per day uh, calculates out at um, 10, 100 days, okay? So I suppose obviously if we're in a scenario where we're milking once a day, then this, can, this is going to increase up to 200 days. And if it was, um, if we were in a scenario, which I don't think I've come across anywhere in Ireland uh, in the last number of years anyway, where people are milking three times a day, um, we would have a situation where that liner change would be required more frequently. And, you will hear it from people that are uh, using robots, obviously, where the, there's only one cluster there and it's uh, um, milking a lot of cows every day, that liner changes have to be done more frequently, obviously, but they're only changing one set of liners at a time. But the principle is the same, basically, that they're, once they do the 2,000 milkings, they are changing the liners and it's in part from another health point of view and from a, a milking, um, uh, uh, a somatic cell counter point of view and a milk performance, milk production point of view as well, okay? So just, as I said, just to put it into context because it's, it's kind of a stark, I suppose, when you think about it. And again, using our kind of average herd size in the country now is somewhere up around 90 or 100 cows. So we've used that here again. And I suppose when I think about it or how, how, I, how, how I kind of thought about this is that if you talk to Marion Beecher or, or Martina Gormley in relation to labor efficiency and so forth, it's kind of your seven rows of cows is your, your ideal scenario. So you're maybe looking at 14 units kind of to get, get 100 cows through in seven rows. Um, so in that scenario, when you apply the formula that we've shown already there, you, which are 14 units, you have 175 days between the change. So that means they're still okay. I made the assumption here that we've changed the liners on the 25th of January before we started calving or just end the points of calving or whatever. Uh, so that means we have until the 19th of July now to get those liners or to be changing those liners. However, if, uh, if as is the case, and um, most, many of you might be in the situation where you've, you've uh, added on codes, obviously, but are building up the numbers and maybe going through the bit of uh, the, doing the hard yards, as I'll describe it, 
in the short term in terms of the milking parlour to get to the point of, okay, cows had to be added on, infrastructure maybe had to be added on for the cows, and the parlour is capable of handling the cows uh, because tin rows in this case isn't too bad, but, and maybe there's more cows coming on stream and the plan is to upgrade a parlour, but just purely from the point of view that we're now milking 10 rows, whereas maybe before we might have been milking the seven rows, and this date would have been kind of appropriate for us, so we were still okay in terms of our liners. However, we've moved up in numbers now, our units have stayed the same, we're milking more rows as a result, and that means our days between liner changes is after shortening up, and actually we're after surpassing that date in this case. So uh, I was working through an example as well last night, just kind of uh, of one herd that I know where uh, there's a, a lot of cows milking a lot of rows, um, and actually that farm would actually need to be changing their liners three times a year at the moment um, in light of the fact of the numbers that are going through, okay? So I suppose the other concept or the other thought process around this then, um, just before I finish up, and I, as I said, I, if you want to ask any questions there, is around the actual machine service itself. So the recommendation would be that you would service the machine every 550 hours or so, similar to tractors obviously and so forth, they have to be serviced after a particular interval. And in reality, I suppose, we probably aren't inclined to, to get the machine serviced as often as we probably should. And again, this whole concept of the number of rows and the length of time that the machine is running comes into this. Um, so I suppose in this scenario where we have our kind of ideal, ideal labor efficient scenario of our seven, six, seven, eight rows max, um, it means that we're probably milking for an hour if we add on the half hour maybe for washing up and so forth, the machine is running for an hour and a half in the morning and an hour and a half in the evening, we'll say, just for to keep it simple, so three hours. However, if we move to that case that I just gave you there a second ago now, I've heard a guy's milking 14 rows at the moment, that machine is actually running for six hours a day, I really like. Um, so if we do our sums then on that, and we take our 550 divided by three, means that, um, I just have to do it, I'm divided by, yeah, divided by three, so, sorry. That 183 days, so we divided by 30, every six months we should be servicing the parlor. Uh, and obviously I suppose if we take it in, if we double that, then we're looking at every three months. And it's not a, it's not a major service that's required in, in those cases, it's just to make sure that the machine is working okay, that the motor and the pump are operating at optimum efficiency, so it doesn't have to be an expensive service. It's just kind of a quick look-see maybe. It's like your intermediate service that they talk about in a care. Sometimes they'll bring it in for kind of just an oil change and so forth like that. It's pretty similar, I suppose, kind of concept in relation to the, the milking machine as well, just to make sure that everything is, is moving uh, as it should be. Uh, regulators working, um, et cetera, et cetera, making sure the pulsation is operating correctly. And obviously, wear and tear and machinery is a reality, as you're all well aware of. Uh, and as a result, it means um, that we need to um, just be conscious of that and have a look at, at uh, changing that more frequent or doing that more frequently, no different to changing the liners more frequently. So just a quick question in there from Pierce Green. Actually, I couldn't find an answer to this, Pierce, when I was looking for it last night, so I'll, I'll check it out and I'll, I'll get back to you about it. Uh, in terms of a formula for silicone liners, they do tend to last a bit longer, I think, but they, um, 
it, and definitely from the point of view of milk quality, I suppose the definitely milk tubes and so forth associated with silicone last a lot longer than the standard black rubber tubing because they're more resilient to the to the liners. Um, and then I suppose so I'll get back to you on that one. I'll check it out. And Sean McCarroll, you're asking the the question in terms of doing the sums on your herd to date. Change the liners is 13th of August. It's hard to justify new liners when cows are dried off in December. Yeah, okay, Sean, I suppose you can accept that, but I suppose uh, the only challenge that I'd see being presented here is I'd change the liners and uh, I'd be changing them again then in six or seven, we'll say six or seven months' time, you're only going to be dry for two months. So if you apply that, it, you need, you'll, be, you'll be changing them maybe March or April next year because you still have a good liner starting out. Um, like in a lot of cases, people don't like changing liners because they think that they're hard on cows and so forth for, for the spring. Um, in reality, you'd be better off changing them and you get a better milk out and so forth. So squawks and slips are, are things that are common enough, I think, with, with kind of odorodema in the springtime and uh, good, good quality liners that help to overcome that as well as maybe contributing to more efficient milking out and the, avoiding any potential for somatic cell count issues. So I suppose I'm not saying, uh, I'm, I'm not saying that you shouldn't, what am I saying? I'm trying to say that I think it's worth your while trying to change them there in August and you can carry them through for a little bit into next season if you want to, but probably not to be delaying changing them. And I think in reality, when you look back at the previous slide there, um, and you, or sorry, this one, if you look at the cost benefit, I think it, there is a benefit in changing them anyway in terms of that they at the very minimum cover their costs. So it's worthwhile doing it from that point of view. Uh, like cell count, last milk yield, they're, they're all adding into the bottom line. So I think uh, increasing in cell count, obviously, you, uh, if you drain off in December, you still have three, four months of milk from the start 13th of August. So it's, it's worth considering uh, changing your liners at that stage, okay? So look, I say, as I said, another quick, quick run through there and just a brief reminder in terms of the importance of changing those. Um, We'll leave it at that for today. Thanks for joining in. Hope uh, all is going well. I suppose just be conscious. Uh, I think some people may be a little bit conscious of uh, drought potentially kicking in or a lack of moisture kicking in in places. If you, are, have, if you have any concerns, I'd refer you to the Grass 10 newsletter that was released on Tuesday. Look it up if you want to just get a bit of advice in terms of if you have a little bit of concern that you might be beginning to run into a dry scenario in terms of rotation length and so forth, okay? We'll be back again next week. Um, I'm probably do a little bit in receding and, and uh, variety selection. Uh, so I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in and have a good week. Take care, everyone. That's all for this week's Let's Talk Dairy webinar series. And don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with our usual Dairy Edge interview on Monday, so do listen in then. I'm Emma Louise Coffey, and thanks for listening.